What is up, you wonderful, beautiful, fantastic people of this world? This is Ashley Campbell, Daily Encouragement. By the time you guys hear this episode, guess what? It's going to be October 11th, 2023. You guys, time is flying. Today, we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be in covenant with the Lord? Um, you know, I never knew what that word meant, uh, but uh, I want to share some things with you guys that uh, I've come to learn and, you know, uh, things that I've read in books that have really, really helped me out. I'm going to share it with you guys, super practical stuff. But if you guys can grasp this, it's going to change your life. And so, um, last night before I went to bed, I was like, okay, Lord, what should I talk about tomorrow? You know, and you guys, I've been doing daily encouragement since 2017. I remember when the name came into my mind, daily encouragement. I was like, Lord, why daily encouragement? Right. And that scripture crossed my mind. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Right. So I thought about it and I was like, you know what, Lord, just as we have to sit down every day and eat and drink, right, to survive our physical bodies, you know, we are the same way spiritually. And what do we mean by spirit? You guys, your spirit is your thoughts, your emotions, and your will. Whatever thoughts that you are meditating on for the day is really your mental food. And it actually creates the emotional kind of uh, overall well-being that you have. Sometimes it ain't even well-being. Why is that? Well, because sometimes the thoughts that you're meditating on are not creating well-being in you. And this is why it's so important to actually utilize the Holy Spirit in you, his thoughts, emotions, and will, because here's the thing, every single person I've been thinking, I've been thinking about this. I'm actually working on another book right now, but, uh, you know, I, I'm talking about like my own healing journey. Right. And one of the biggest things that I have come to, uh, understand on this journey, on this process is that God heals memories. He's healed my memories. I've been able to take, so this is how it kind of works. You have to pinpoint levels, areas of your life where you just feel super burdened, super stressed. And then you don't understand, you know, you, you know, you might have certain struggles. You don't know where they've come from, but you just know that you're not doing well, right? Your overall well-being is just maybe stressed and burdened. And, uh, you know, I went through a period of that. I talk about that in my book, you guys you know, Nuggets of Truth, Volume 1, I talk about the biggest struggle that I had was worrying about what people thought, think about me. And one day, finally, after just years and years and years of just trying to, you know, because I would have different experiences, and then it would always be that same core issue. Why am I more worried about what this person has to say than what I think and know about myself as a person, okay? And finally, I was sitting on the side of my bed one day asking God this question, literally crying my eyes out. And then this thought just hit me. And it was, Ashley, it's because you've internalized man's judgment of you. I was like, what? Have you ever, have you ever been talking to the Lord about something, praying about something? And then a thought crosses your mind and you're like, wow, that was really insightful. I never saw it that way. We have to start letting God's spirit God's spirit wants to work in us that way, but we have to give him access to ourselves in that way. We have to literally start becoming conscious of the things and the thoughts that are governing our life. You know, I've talked about this in another podcast. If you cannot identify the thoughts that are governing your life, how do you even know it's God? You know, have you ever asked somebody like, well, why did you do that? And they're like, well, I don't know. Did you know God never says, I don't know? He's never clueless as to why he does what he does. Sometimes we are. <laughs> Sadly, we're not conscious, right? Sometimes we're just so caught up in the emotion of it. We haven't stopped to analyze and be like, wait a second. What is motivating me right now? What 
is what what information have I used to make this decision? That's really, really important. Why do you think the Lord says, take every thought captive? And that's the exact same thing the Lord was trying to do in the garden with Adam when he said, who told you that? Adam thought he was afraid because he was naked. I was afraid, so I hid. You know, I was naked and I was afraid, right? And God's like, who told you you were naked? Right? And then so God is always wanting us to understand the underlying things that are going on. Just like in the, just like in the garden, Adam and Eve, they went against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of the serpent came in there, entertained it, boom, created the fall. That's what happens in your life every single time you entertain knowledge that's outside of the knowledge of God. That's really the essence of what sin is, is it not? Every time you do not entertain the knowledge of God, you create a fall in your life. And I talk about that in the book too. And this is why it's important to give God access to your thoughts. Give him access to the parts of your life that are painful and that you're hiding in. Did you know he's there for you? I mean, do you think it felt good for Adam to sit there full of fear? No. How many of you as Christians even acknowledge that you have fear in your life? You know, it's funny, like we know the ideals as Christians. Don't fear, don't do this, don't do that. But that doesn't mean that you're actually walking in the knowledge of that. That doesn't mean you know it. You can know the knowledge, but that doesn't mean that it's become a part of you. There's a process that people have to go through for that to actually become true in their life. You know, and and you can tell somebody hasn't really uh, let it impact their heart when they're constantly just saying, don't do this and don't do that. I can do this, but I can't do this. They, they haven't really had the revelation, but somebody who can actually break down their life for you and give you insight and understanding from, uh, uh, you know, where they've been and where they're at now. Those are the, those are the people that God's going to use, right. To help us have those aha moments. And, you know, for me, one thing I always fall back on anytime I've ever experienced fear in my life. And when it does come, and I did do a post, I, it was something like, uh, when you're afraid, is it possible that you haven't made God your refuge? That didn't mean that you're not going to be afraid. That just meant when the fear does come over you, right? What do you do with it? Is God still your refuge? There's going, you guys, fear is going to come into our life, right? But the Bible says he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And then it also says uh, that God's perfect love casts out fear. And today, when we talk about what it means to be in covenant, all this is going to tie together, you guys, you're going to see that. And so I should get going on this, right? So last night I was like, Lord, what should I talk about? So I got up this morning, I opened up my Bible and it just so happened to be in Deuteronomy. I think it was like 29. And so I started reading, rereading that again, cause it caught my attention. And um, I'm just going to share some things with you guys really, really quick. And then uh, talk to you guys about, you know, what it means to be in covenant. Let me find, let me open up to Deuteronomy 29 really quick. You guys, I'm almost there. All right. Almost, almost. Okay, here we go. So. This is Deuteronomy 29. I'm just going to read to you guys the verses that stuck out, okay? So it says, Therefore, this is verse 9, Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. And then verse 12, That you may enter into the covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath, which the Lord your God makes with you today, that he may establish you today as a people for himself, and that he may be God to you, just as he has spoken to you, and just as he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was interesting because that word covenant stuck out to me in both of those scriptures. So let's go ahead and uh, 
ask a couple questions though before we actually address what covenant means. So one thing I've realized after looking at this is God literally expects you to believe what he said. God's word isn't just there for you to just be like, oh, that's cool if it would happen. He literally wants you to take it for face value and believe it with all your heart. I mean, if he says, if you keep the words of his covenant that you may prosper in all that you do, that's God's intentions for you. Maybe that's why we don't always believe God. And so here's some questions, right? Let's, let's, let's talk about this. So why do we falter at times? If God's word is to be believed and accepted and integrated into our life, and we're literally supposed to let that be the motivation, did you know there's nothing wrong with you keeping God's commands that you may prosper in all that you do? It's funny how people are like, don't just go to God as a genie or this or that. And I understand what they're saying, okay? Like, God's just not a hoe with a different area code. You can just go use them and get what you want, okay? Duh. I'm not talking about that. But God knows that we're driven by motivation. We have to know why we're doing what we're doing. And there's a reason he says, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. God wants you to be motivated in the fact that he's going to prosper in all that you do if he's keep his words in his covenant. And we're going to talk about what that means too. You guys, there's so many things. But anyway, let, let's go back to the very beginning. Why do you falter? If you don't answer these really tough questions, you're never going to get to the freedom that God intended. You have to deal with the things that are getting in the way. It's like you're going on a journey. You have a destination, right? I hope you guys have a vision for your life. I hope you know why God's put you here. And if not, get my book. It's going to help you guys uncover these things if you do the work. This book is not for lazy people. This book is not for you to look at one time, put it aside, not do anything. This book will not, you, this book is to be utilized. It's to be integrated. It's You are to challenge yourself with this book. There's tons of questions in it. It's for you to uncover the things that are getting in the way. So the, so you're on a journey, right? You're going from here to here. You want to get there. But along the way, there's going to be things that are getting in the way. You're never going to get there if you don't deal with the things that are in front of you. How are you going to get over that wall? You're just going to stare at it? You're going to post up at it? You're going to be like the Israelite and just die in the, in the promised land? Because it's not fun. You guys, it's not fun to deal with the things in our life that are holding us back in a relationship with the Lord. Did you know a lot of the things that are holding you back are things that, you know, are, you know, injuries that you've had growing up. You guys, we were not raised by God. Did you know that? How many of you actually got to live in the garden and, and let God mentor you and teach you and, you know, like Adam and Eve were, right? I don't know about you, but heck nah. Nope. I was raised by two human beings and they were not following the Lord. They were stuck in their own injuries, their own pain and hurts. And then they had... You know, however they dealt with life, they passed that down to me. It had nothing to do with the Lord. So that, that's the other thing you contend with. You might believe certain things about God that have nothing to do with God that all came from your upbringing, your expectations, right? Here, here's, here's, a real, here's a really easy example. I remember when uh, I was editing my book and I can't remember what day I was on in it. But I just kind of had this revelation. I was reading it. I was reflecting on my life. And I realized that I wasn't expecting God to give me a return. Have you guys ever, uh, do you guys go to work for a paycheck? Do you expect to get a check? That's why you go to work. Is there anything wrong with you expecting that? No, there's not because there was a, there was a deal made. Okay, I'm going to go work for X amount of hours for this pay. I, as long as I do that, I get the return. I get the paycheck, right? Okay, 
Same thing with the Lord. <laughs> a lot of people don't like to approach God that way, but he wants you to, because that's what's going to anchor you in him in that way, right? So anyway, I was like, you know, I've been, I've been doing all these things with daily encouragement for a long time, you know, uh, got the book and everything, but I wasn't really expecting a return on it. You guys, what farmer plants, uh, plants, uh, plants seeds out there and doesn't expect a return? Did you know if he doesn't get a return, he's completely screwed? He's hoping for a large harvest. Why? So he can feed his family and also sell the, the other stuff he's got to make money <coughs> so he can continue what he's doing. So anyway, I never, I, I, I realized I was not expecting much of a return. And I, and I was like, Lord, why is that? Why don't I expect a return on my, on my labor? Right? And, it, and, and he was bringing memories to my mind because when I was growing up, you know what I heard a lot? We were like struggling really bad growing up, you guys. I lived in poverty with my mom and my stepdad, okay? I, I told you guys, I'm, I'm looking for the picture that I lived, you know, if the, of the red van I talked to you guys about that me and my mom and my sister lived in for a time. A red van down by the river, okay? Literally, my mom slept on a hide bed outside by the campfire. I slept inside the van on a couch, all right? And uh, anyway, where was I, you guys? Dang it. What was I talking about? Ah, expecting a return. That's what it was. So you guys, my parents were always stressed out about everything. All right. They would always say, we're doing our best. We're doing our best, but their best amounted to nothing. My life did not improve with them. You know what, you know, when my life improved when I moved out with my now husband, he was my boyfriend, Scott at the time when we had our, our first baby, we moved out a month before I graduated high school. That's when my life got better when I got the freak out of there. Okay. So my life did not improve with them. It wasn't until I got out of there, but that didn't mean I didn't take that mindset with me. I didn't even know it. How many, you guys, you guys will not realize how much of your past you've brought with you now until you're actually, you know, uh, you know, living out things that God's put in your heart. And then all of a sudden you find yourself struggling to believe him at times or expect good from him. It's all stemming from your own experiences as being human. It's not easy stuff. But as you work with this stuff, and like I said, we're talking about why do we falter? You're going to get where God wants you to go, but you have to have the courage to deal with this stuff. So I'm going to skip some of this, you guys, because it's already been, I don't know how many minutes, 14 minutes, and I want to make sure I cover some things. So let's talk about covenant. All right, this is important. So I was reading this book called The People Factor by Van Moody. This was two years ago. And he talked about what covenant meant back in biblical times. And it was so good. I had to write this down. And I think if I, when I share it with you guys, it's going to give you guys some insight. Okay. So check this out. It says in biblical times, when people were in covenant, the relationship meant what's yours is mine. And what's mine is yours symbolized by the exchange of gifts. This applied to almost everything to provisions and resources <clears throat> and even to friends and enemies. In other words, if one person lacked food or shelter, he could count on receiving those things from a covenant partner because of the intimate and binding nature of their relationship. Likewise, in a covenant relationship, both parties shared friends and enemies. If an enemy attacked one member of the covenant, the other responded as though the aggression had been personally against him. In the event of an attack, People knew their covenant partners would join forces with them and fight as though the battle were personal. Wow. That puts a whole new spin on it, don't it? 
you know, when, when the Lord's talking about covenant, like what God really intention, what God's intention of a covenant is, because some of you have been in covenant. Some of you have been married to people and they betrayed you. So covenant to you has injury attached to it. Covenant to you means betrayal. It could, if you haven't been healed. And then you take that mentality into all your other future relationships and you sabotage if you don't get healed. Right. This is why it's important, you know, big events that have happened in our life for things that have like shattered our trust. You got to get that stuff restored hundred percent. Or you're going to bring that baggage to the next thing and start blaming people for things that we're not responsible for. Right. This is why God is a healer. This is why you need him in your life. Excuse me, you guys. <coughs> so check this out. So symbolized by the exchange of gifts, what gifts can you possibly give to the Lord? Right. We say, and this is funny. We always say, I got nothing to bring. I'm so worthless, right? What do you bring to the Lord? What do you guys think? You can put it in the comments really quick. But for the sake of time, we're just going to dig into it, you guys. Your, your will. What else can you bring to him except for your will and your life? In the exchange, why? Why would you do that? Did you guys not read what it means to be in covenant with God? If you don't have food or shelter, if your covenant partner has it, boom, you got it. His friends are your friends. Did you know God has massive connections, by the way? I was thinking of that scripture the other day or the other night when it says your gift will make room for you. God knows people that you don't know that can put you in places that you want to be. You guys ever prayed for like a job promotion or an opportunity and these things come? You're like, wow, God knows people, <laughs> right? Because people know the Lord. There are people out there that uh, know the Lord that can help you. And then it says that we also have his enemies. Okay, well, what does that matter? God destroyed his enemy. And if, his, if, his, if God's enemy attacks you, God will attack your enemy as if it were him. Wow. That's really dang insightful, you guys. That's powerful. If we literally live by these things and say, you know what? Lord, help me value what I have in you now because of what it really means to be in covenant. If that's what it means, Lord, let teach me. I don't want Do you guys want anything else to get in your way of you living out what God has for you? Aren't you tired of the freaking roller coaster or, you know, the merry-go-round of I believe and I don't? And we're going to talk about that on Friday, you guys. We're going to be talking about the parable of the sower. Okay? It's going to be really good stuff. So you guys be sure to join me on Friday morning when I go live, you know, between 9 and 9:30 basically. <laughs> But so that's what it means to be in covenant. I was like, wow, that's super powerful. So as I was thinking about covenant, right? I was thinking about what Jesus said in John 14. Check this out. All right. So let's, let me, let me jump over there really quick. I'm just going to read it to you guys. And, uh, I hope you guys are getting some value out of this video. If you guys are, like I said, please be sure to share these videos. Help me out. Help, help me get them out to the world. You guys, thank you again for what you've already done on here. God working through you guys, you know, God's the one who gives us the increase, right? So I'm super grateful for the increase of traffic that has come on Daily Encouragement, my Facebook page in the last week. Like I said, 1.1 thousand new followers on the page. That's incredible. All right. So check this out. Let's go to John 15. All right. It says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified 
that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So check this out, you guys, really quick. I remember three years ago, I, th I don't know if you guys ever saw that video that I, I did talking about, you know, how the Lord moved me out to Tennessee, me and my family, right? This was back in 2020. I'll try to find that video and I'll, I'll repost it for you guys because it's, it's you know, I got, you know, a couple years of videos on this page, so it's buried. But anyway, um, I remember I was asking God for a house and there was a particular house I was asking God for. I really wanted the house. And then I realized I was afraid to ask God for this house because I didn't want to be disappointed. Have you ever asked God for something in the past and it didn't go as you prayed? I have many times, you guys. And we could talk about that another time as far as, you know, disappointments that happen when you're following the Lord and it doesn't go as you want. I got lots of that. But I also got even more testimonies of God working it out for better. Anyway, <clears throat> so I remember I was asking the Lord for this house and I really wanted it and I was afraid to ask because I didn't want to be disappointed. So then I finally asked the Lord. I said, Lord, why can I ask you for anything? That's what you just, that's what you said. You said, if I keep your commandments, I can ask you, I can ask for whatever I wish and it'll be given. Why is that? And all of a sudden this revelation hit me, this thought hit me and it was actually, it's about reciprocation. It's about the dynamic of the relationship. So then he brought the marriage covenant to my mind, right? When you're married to your spouse, and you guys, I've shared with you guys, I've almost been with Scott, it'll be 23 years in February. We have kept our covenant to each other. The words we've promised to keep to one another, being faithful to each other, all those good things. Our love within certain parameters that we've kept with one another. And as a result of that, I can ask Scott for anything. And because of the love I have for him, I would never ask him for anything outside of that covenant. You guys ever think I'd be like, hey, babe, so uh, there's this guy that I've been checking out. I'm just wondering if I could like, you know, go sleep with him. Are you kidding me? Isn't it funny how people like, oh, you know, you can't ask God for bad things. Well, duh, if you would, do, if you were to do that, you're not keeping his covenant. Why would you even do that? You might as well just tell the Lord that you like doing it, get it, deal with it, and then ask out of the pureness of the heart, right? But I'm not, we're not gonna sit here and nitpick everything. I'm just talking to people who understand what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then, you know, go talk to the Lord about it. Be like, Lord, what the heck is this girl talking about, <laughs> right? He'll tell you, he'll reveal it to you in due time. But I asked him that question. It was like, it's about reciprocation. This same desire you have to give to God and please him and live your life, he wants to do that right back for you. Isn't that amazing? And, and just in case I don't find that video, did you know that the house that I'm sitting in right now is the house that I asked God for? Yeah, pretty amazing, right? And you guys, there's a lot of story behind that. This has been a process. It was a process, I'll tell you that right now. And you guys already heard a little bit of my, little fraction of my story. But the point is, is when you are keeping God's words. Now here's the thing, we gotta, let's back it up a little bit. Because you might ask yourself, how do you keep his commandments? That's a legit question. Go back to what he said. He goes, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Okay, so what's the first step? You have to abide in his love. What does abide mean? Abide means to wait, to stay. How many of you have actually put yourself in the love of God? And what is love? First Corinthians 13 love. Love is patient. 
love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Have you taken those scriptures that you know and have you actually realized that that's who God is to you? Have you let God be patient with you? Have you let God be kind to you? Have you, you know, all these things. He's not envious. He's not boastful. He doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. So did you know that God is happier when you acknowledge the truth of your heart, even though it goes against his word than for you to act like it ain't there? Why don't you just be truthful? God desires truth in the inmost part. Be truthful. Be truthful with God and he will transform and do the thing that you find so impossible, right? The thing that you're afraid to acknowledge, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna get in trouble for that. Like a little kid. Oh man, I don't, I don't know if I want to tell God that man. Cause like he's God and he's holy and you know, I'm not. Well, duh. That's why you need him. That's why you got to acknowledge these things. That's why you have to put yourself in a position and always looking back at the cross, right? He says, abide in my love. Jesus is like, don't ever forget what I did for you. I never used anything against you. I paid the price so you could acknowledge these things and we could actually begin. I could rebuild your life and heal you. That's what he's trying to do. But you sometimes might, you might have the wrong thinking of God. That's what happened with the Pharisees. They didn't see the, they didn't see the heart of God and all everything they did, right? Jesus came to show the world who the father was. The way the Pharisees interpreted the scriptures is not what God intended. Why do you think Jesus was so frustrated? He goes, you tie burdens around people's necks or something like that. And you don't even lift a finger to carry it, you know? So we have to be careful. We have to ask ourselves sometimes, Lord, how am I interpreting your words? And is it actually what you intend? It's like, you got to go back. You know, I talked to you guys about this uh, on another podcast that I did, but the whole process of communication, God has what he means, what he meant to say and what he actually said. And then there's you, me, the human being on the other side of that. What we heard and what we think God meant. What you think God meant might not be what he meant. And this is why you have to be able to take all of your conclusions you've ever made about God and ask him, is it true, Lord? This is what I think about you. Anybody ever have to think God's a tyrant? Go tell him. How many of you actually got balls enough to actually be honest with God about where you're at? If not... It says, whoever comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is looking for raw honesty. He ain't afraid of you. He knows who you are. You don't think he took, he didn't take that into consideration. Of course he did. He did what he did for his own sake. Did you know that God deals with things? So that way, you know, there's no resentment in the relationship. That's why you guys have resentment because you guys don't deal with the issues in your life or your relationships, but that's a whole nother conversation. God's not resentful though. He knows exactly what he wants and what he needs in a relationship. His demands have been fulfilled. So now you just have to cooperate with the process by being truthful, letting God change you through acknowledging the truth in the context of your life. And truth is reality, baby. What is the reality of your life right now? What is the reality of the results that you've had? These are questions we need to ask ourselves. And I'm telling you what, as you allow God to deal with those areas, you're going to start seeing him in your life in a way that you never even fathom. And you're like, wow, Lord, you've transformed my life. And you're going to do the very thing you were created to do. Did you know it says all creation is waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed? Y'all getting on board yet? This is how you do it. It's not hard. This is how you do it. <laughs> all right. So anyway, you guys. If you want to keep his command, what do you do? Abide in his love. 
let the Lord love you in those places that you don't think you can be loved. I mean, you guys, if you're sitting there saying stuff like, you know, you're condemning yourself, man, I'm so worthless. I do, I, I do such bad stuff. Okay. Let God love you. Do you know how vulnerable it is to be a Christian? Do you know how humbling it is? It's like when you screw somebody over and they still want to give you a gift. <laughs> For real. That's how humbling it is. And I'll tell you what right now. You want to check your humility meter? How good are you at receiving from other people that want to do good for you? It's humbling, isn't it? Right? Especially if you're in a needy situation or even if you're not in a needy situation. I had, okay, check look, this really super, 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 super quick story. So one of my followers Friday ordered a book for her sister. I took the book to the post office. The envelope needed to be sealed. I knew it needed to be sealed. I asked the guy, hey, can you please seal this for me? It needs to be taped. Yeah, sure. No problem. Right. And I had two books I was mailing. So he's getting all the stickers and stuff made up for it. He takes the one that needs to be sealed. He sets it aside. And I looked at it and I said, Hey, don't forget to seal that. Right. Okay, fine. I'm not going to sit there and keep harping the guy because why would I do that? That's, that's super rude and disrespectful. Anyway, I get a, I get a message yesterday. The book that I had sent, the envelope had not been sealed. The book fell out. Her sister never got the book. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send her another one. Like, that was my bad. I should have made sure it was taped, which I'm keeping taped in the back of my truck now in the box I have my books in. Anyway, so uh, I said, hey, I'm sending your sister another book. I'm so sorry. You know what she did? went ahead and did? She went ahead and paid for another copy. She didn't have to do that. That was humbling. But I was so grateful she was willing to do that for me. That really did bless me, you guys. So you have to, we have to think about that. You guys, this podcast is going to cut off in 10 seconds, you guys. Um, I thank you guys for joining me today. I know it's kind of like listening to a good conversation gets cut off. But you guys, thank you for joining me. And I will be back next 